Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Unmasking the Revolution. We're speaking with next Pat, maybe, who's considering leaving his expat enclave. Expat, how are you? You're living through a revolution. Yeah, it, it, well, it appears so. Things are escalating. There was a lull, and I think we can tell everybody you're in a certain troubled special administrative region in the south of China. Hong Kong. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, things are, you know, obviously difficult, and... Um, and now, it, it, at this particular moment, I mean, at this hour, things are difficult uh, and growing more so. So it's, a, I think, I think it's at a, a certain point where there there could be quick uh, and devastating changes. Is there a feeling in the air that uh, there's some kind of military action on the way by the part of the government? No, and I've asked about that. I've yeah. asked different. I've asked different people, and everybody seems to think that that's an outlandish idea. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that the that the consensus is right, uh, because that would be up. That would obviously be disastrous. So I was talking with a good friend of mine just the other day, uh, mm. and I was saying the most remarkable thing is because I I had lived in Hong Kong briefly. And I stayed with you when I was there briefly. And I cannot even imagine that the cosmopolitan commercial hub that I remember has become the bloody battleground of a revolution where police are now almost, I don't know if it's, it's become part of their protocol, but they seem to be using live ammunition an awful lot. And students, I was reading last night, have locked themselves in a university and set it on fire to prevent the police from arresting them. Well, it's it's two universities. Um, the first the first one was um, CUHK, um, and that's already been shut down. In fact, officially, all the universities are now shut down for the term. For um, the term, yeah, they canceled the term. Oh my so, god! Uh, and the students uh, 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 that sort of activity. Uh, got closed down on that campus and they were finally able to clear the campus and then secure it. And now uh, the last vestiges of holdouts at another university called Polytechnic are, uh, it, it, it does seem that the police are uh, being able slowly to make inroads and clear that university as well. So when we look at things in hindsight, expat, we always say, oh, this revolution began. It didn't begin bloodily. Here is a case where we're living through it. And I'm telling you, having discussed in depth the French Revolution, this has a far more brutal beginning than even the French Revolution did. I mean, the French Revolution began with, with a meeting of uh, the States General. This revolution is beginning with violent student guerrilla warfare. Or is that, is that not a correct characterization of what's going on? I'd characterize it a little. I'd characterize it a little differently, because I because I would say that when it began, which was initially a reaction to the extradition law. Yeah, let's it, if we can let's take us to the beginning, Pat. It began with the so-called sure. extradition law months and months ago. Can you about six months ago? Yeah. Yes. Can, well, can you walk us through that, please? So this bill was introduced, and apparently the government was taken aback by how ferociously the pub general public um hated the hated the bill and 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 there were also 
concerns that it was sort of done slyly and so that, you know, with the hope that it might fly under the radar, which obviously it didn't. And the, the initial protests that happened were very spontaneous, but they were also the large, an incredibly large protests. I mean, two million people at one point, which is, which is in a city of seven million people, that's an appreciable percentage of the population. So it can't be narrowed, the support or the thrust behind it can't be narrowed to one demographic, you know. That was all the people. It was, it was a very, uh, how can I say, a representative slice, so to you speak. See a real- you see a representative slice, but in fact, is it accurate to say that this movement didn't come out of strictly the the actual um, extradition bill, but rather, in fact, that it came from a movement that existed previously. For many, for a while, I don't know how long, the umbrella movement, so-called? I don't think, I don't, I don't think there are any appreciable connections to the two. Because, really? because well, yeah, because, and not, not to say that those original uh, uh, leaders of, those, of that movement aren't encouraged or supporting what's going on now, but they're not the genesis of it. This is a new thing. This is a new thing with a new impetus. Uh, it's just the, 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 what's happened is it's evolved rapidly and unpredictably. To say the least, to say the least. And this, it, it almost, it does seem and like- it, and, sorry, and, it, and sorry, and it should be said, subsequently, the, the extradition bill has been uh, uh, put, put, permanently shelved by the government. It's no longer an active uh, piece okay. of legislation. Okay, so the, uh, the administrator of her name is her name? Oh, the, the, chief, the chief executive of Hong Kong is Carrie Lam. So you have Carrie Lam, and she walks back the extradition bill. She's walking it back, and it seems yep. like things calmed down. You and I had spoken. You, you said, I'm not going to be a Pollyanna, but I think things are improving, and I... It was know, a lull. It was a lull, and so it was... You did. But at the time, did you realize you were entering a lull or you thought it was truly done? Nobody, nobody ever thought it was done. Uh, but, but, it seemed, but it seemed things were cooling and, you know, that, that's optimistic. But, you know, I'm, I'm an optimistic person and I was hoping that maybe the sort of day-to-day life that people had been either neglecting or had been prevented from living was calling people back in a stronger way that was sort of turning public sentiment. You see, I think all of this turns on the advancement of this movement or whatever it is. I, I don't care to characterize it, but it's a revolution, what, isn't it? Whatever, whatever it is. Some, some people, some people are calling it that. And um, I'll tell you some, one thing, it's a, it's a pretty incredible thing to live through. I, I cannot even imagine. And again, this is the, pulsating heart of Eastern Asian, Eastern Asia's economy. It's a vibrant, you can feel the money, or at least I, I felt the money, I don't know if it's like that anymore, slush around the streets almost as a incorporeal force. And now this, mm. this dynamic engine has become the scene of really guerrilla warfare. We were speaking mm. the other night, what happened on your trip home? Yeah, well, I, I had gone out shopping in- uh, I shopping, shopping, rather, weren't you? You were going out. Uh, you were going high-end shopping. You even took, I believe, a luxury car. That's true. I was treating myself. I yes. went out. To, I went out to buy uh, some uh, vitamins. Uh, I, I, there, there are a few supplements that I've been taking, 
and uh, to just to um, increase or supplement or strengthen my immune system because yeah. lots of lots of things in the air now. Oh yeah, and no, so, no, yes, indeed, many things in the air. Well, the air quality itself is never superb here, and I knew that when I when I moved here, I accepted that. Although, to be honest, um, it's it's got a lot of better clear days than. Uh, Korea ever did, but yeah, Korea yeah. has some weather that's pretty, uh, pretty not nice. Um, pretty outrageous. Uh, pretty to, outrageous. To someone to someone like me who was born and raised in, you know, sunny southern climes. Uh, well, in my opinion, and I'll just say this, and I, and I hope I don't offend anybody. I'll say this, and I'm going to say it unapologetically: that for human happiness. There is no place on earth geologically, geographically, climatically like Southern California. And it Tell is my home. might give it a run for its money. Perhaps, but I've never been there. Well, we need I a remedy that. The other night, you were uh, you were concluding your upmarket shopping spree, and you yes. hopped back into your luxury car to be whisked back to your enclave. Um, but yeah, and and the driver the driver took a turn down a, a, a narrow side road so that he could turn left out onto the main uh, the main street, and just as we were coming down to the end. Um, a sort of phalanx of the black clad uh, protesters uh, suddenly came into view and erected a barricade in, you know, five seconds uh, wow. blocking the road. So then, you know, muttering curses, we, you know, slowly uh, reversed all the way back through that road and back out into traffic. It was, it was a little bit harrowing. How many of them were there in this phalanx? Oh, there's probably 20 or 30. Oh, my God. And now that it, I think of it, I think Hong Kong would be ideally suited for this kind of, well, revolution because there's so many well-secured and well-built narrow alleys. Well, I, yeah, I think, that's, I, I think that's a factor, but it all comes down to, I think, though. What does it all come down to? What's all of this about? Centers of, centers of power and influence. Because you, because you have a, you have a, a, a pretty sharply divided population, you know, with with the with the income and wealth inequality that's that a lot of people now suspect is driving some of the sentiment behind these behind these protests is, is so great and so glaring in the society that you know it's it's a story of haves and have-nots and and have-nots. It's a timeless story, and it's, it takes place all over the world, and it's happened in every age of the world. But 
there's other places in China where this income is income disparity is just as glaring. Other places in Asia, look at Korea, for example. But what's going on、sure. in Hong Kong? They've gone well beyond any. Uh, begrudging any type of disparity, haven't they? What are they doing? Is it a revolution? I see police firing live weapons. I see the protesters with high-powered lasers hitting the police eyes with them. Now throwing Molotov cocktails. Now lighting buildings on fire. Where's this、mm. going? Well, literally, it's going... I mean, the geography of Hong Kong. I meant, like, literally,、yeah. where's 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 the violence happening? Well, the the you know the the wick doesn't burn without oil, and、yeah. the and the oil and the oil here. Is the the endless reservoir of anger that has been stoked in these people,、uh, or at least in a large enough proportion of these people, to to continue the the conflagration? You know, it, that, and I think that that well of anger, that where that really comes from, the root of that is despair, despair over. Two things. One, it's a despair over the economic and social situation. That's an entirely separate issue. But that's true. But it, just it, taking that look, examining that for a moment, the average citizen、mm-hmm. of Hong Kong enjoys a pretty good standard of living by even American standards. You know, now that's debatable. And and then and then again, you have to look at the mass of people here. You know, probably in 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 the millions, at least two or three millions. Of people here who really don't enjoy the what? How can I say it? The, the gains in productivity that society has seen, and they're still very, very much in, in poverty in a number of ways, educationally, just so many ways. While it's not the principal complaint at, at issue here, it's part of the the despair that is fueling this sort of careless attitude, or the well. One of the careless attitude by the government on their on their responses.、Uh, it seems as though, from what no, I've read, well, it seems as though the government's tried to take a measured response. It's a complicated question because you have to be,、uh, you have to have a more sophisticated understanding of the that word when you say the government. When you say the government of Hong Kong, and, and you talk about its chief executive. She is she is interchangeable with anyone else, because because where、uh, everything that's coming from her must be vetted and approved by the central government, and、mm-hmm. so 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 it's filtered through the mini constitution, the basic law of Hong Kong, and through、uh, you know the mutual recognition of the you know one country two two systems. Uh, theory or or practice,、uh, but now it, that's obviously being tried. It's being、uh, it's yeah, it's being tried. It's being probed、uh, in in a very dramatic fashion. Is and this I probing? Think, is the impetus coming? Is it if you had to say one or the other? And I know you might not be able to say, but if you had to choose one or the other, would you say the impetus for this is coming from a feeling of nationalism and hence they desire independence? Or feeling of despair, hence the desire revolution. The second,、um, the, the, as far as is, is nationalistic. Well, see, I will tell you this.、Uh, it, it, from what I've seen, from from people I've I've spoken with, colleagues, and just people, 
the, the, I can tell you that the idea of independence is an extreme fringe idea that, that even, you know, the most ardent protesters don't, uh, aren't arguing for that. Really? So, yeah. So that's, a, that's just an extreme fringe uh, type of thing that doesn't have any realistic traction. That's a very important point you've made, Expat. I want you to, to, so we're clear, for posterity, this is not coming from a place of nationalism, even though there are very nationalistic people who speak a different dialect of Chinese, but so is all of South China. This, you're saying this definitively. This is coming from a feeling of despair economically and desire for revolution. Well, that's, that's all that you hear. And, and it's also the idea that one of the, one of the protester slogans is, we burn, you burn with us. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, which, is, which is sort of in, encapsulates this idea that the shared, the shared identity, whatever that is, whatever basis there's a shared identity for, whether that's a... Uh, that's such, know, a, that's I, such a I, I, awesome I, I can't observation. That is so astute. Yeah. Um, so the, I think you've proven your point there. That they, there is nothing about identity here. This is not so-called identity politics or independence. This is it's not. From, yeah. No, no. This is this is really a fresh fish. I think it's a this this it's a, it's a new occurrence on the scene. Or as you know, as new as you can get. There's nothing new under the sun, right? Well, the head neo-solely old. But I, I'm curious. So you've we've established yeah. what you've established that this isn't coming from the umbrella movement. Although the umbrella people, who I guess were sort of, what were they about? This is maybe it's important to note that who are the umbrella uh, rioters or marchers? Well, that whole that whole scenario, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert, um, but as I understand it, that you're had to do. Yeah, well, that had to do with, the, the, I guess, the idea behind the basic laws, you know, is ultimately um, as much self-rule as, or not self-rule, but self-administration as possible. And I think that, um, I think that at that point, what they were pressing for was direct election of the chief executive. The, the chief executive is, you know, that, that, that's Carrie Lamb. That's who it is now. Just yes. previously, it was a man named C.Y. Lung, sort of universally hated, and he was sent off packing, and I think he's facing some sort of prosecution for financial crimes. And uh, this woman now is incredibly and fervently despised by, by the people. Um, but that, the, the, her selectors, um, come from central government. All candidates for that office must be vetted and accepted by, it's, I guess, kind of an advise and consent, but more like a just consent, which is, yeah, which is these are the candidates you're allowed to vote on. And, and most people striving for democracy find that a, a kind of a uh, bothersome, extra component to the process. Well, there's, there's not one democracy so-called in the world today, my friend, that actually allows direct election of all possible candidates. Every system has its controls to limit those candidates to where they can form more to the one way or the other. I think that may not be true about India. Well, 
there may or may not be many things true or false about India, but Hari Lamb was, she's universe, universally loathed. She's seen as sort of an apparatchik. Well, she kind of is an apparatchik. There's no scene about it. Right. But, so the right. And, 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 and I, you know, and I want to say something because I think it should be said by people who are uh, rational and compassionate. I think, I think the hatred for her is misplaced. I think she has very little choice in anything that she does. And I think she's been put into an impossible position. So for people like that, sort of irrespective of, of where they are politically, I have, I have sympathy for them. Because if, if you put me between an anvil and you know, a diamond, I, I'm gonna get squeezed. We, you should judge people by their actions not by what people say about them. And I think that's a, that's a very decent point you've made. And it, it begs a deeper question. Was this hate inevitable? Is it going to happen sooner or later? Or was this bill, was this extradition bill something that yeah. really set off the fire? Or was it just in front of the fire that was already burning? Was this inevitable? And if it was inevitable, why did no one see this happening? Well, see, no, I don't think it was inevitable. And that's why initially there was a lot of anger, apparently, or rumors that there was anger. Yeah, I don't think you ever get much more than rumors about, about the central government, but that there were rumors that there, were, uh, that there was anger that this had not been anticipated uh, with the rollout of the legislation. So I think that was goofed. I think yeah. that that whole thing was a misstep and probably uh, would, would otherwise have been a career-ending move for a, a, a politician in that position. But since she enjoys the backing of the government, central government, um, she won't step down. I think she probably would like to. Um, sure she, I, I thought many months ago she wanted to step down, but she probably is under pressure, like pressure for her life to do what people are telling her to do. I'm sure, I'm sure that under any circumstance, she'll enjoy a comfortable retirement, but the, but the immediate point is- We don't know is, that. We don't know Well, that. I, I would, I, that's what I would suspect at any rate, but, but, I, but, but the, the immediate point is that there's nothing she can do uh, short, short of just causing absolute chaos and panic. If that's the case, has, yeah. has authority in Hong Kong, from your measured opinion, passed from the hands of the civilian administration into the military's hands. Has this become a military oh, matter? Ab absolutely, categorically, no. Do you, yeah. do you imagine you could feel it if something like that were to happen? Would it, would it, there, it would be, it, well, you have to understand the spider's web of um, social media here and how people use it and how quickly uh, rumors spread on the slightest thing. So if something like that were to happen, I mean, I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. There was an article just this morning about, um, uh, well, you know that the PLA has garrisons throughout the, uh, throughout this city. One of the, uh, disturbances was happening. I did not know that. I did not know yes. that. I thought it was, uh, they have barracks in the island. Yes. Was this, this was approved by the treaty, I guess, then, and this is just. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the, yeah, there are strict controls. Uh, they are not permitted to undertake action unless invited to do so by the Hong Kong government or directed, or directed to do so by the central government. Okay. So, <laughs> Covers but, both but, angles. 
Well, you know what? When you want to build yourself a water, a water fast boat, you better make sure that all the seams are gummed, right? I mean, that's yeah. Not, yeah. Otherwise, you otherwise you, you you need to bail and do a lot of uh, that kind of motion. Have this you ever bailed out a boat? water. Have you ever bailed out a boat? I have. It takes a lot of energy, and it and 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 the energy goes quickly. And water it feels like no progress is being made. Because yeah, yeah, but it's because water is coming into the boat. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> I'm always I'm always reminded of that Lucy episode where uh, they're working at the chocolate factory. Of Do you course. remember that one? Yes, and, and she the conveyor one. belt. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing goes kablooey. Those were the days. I'll tell you what. Those were the days when that was the height of uh, when that was the height of our entertainment. And the problems were, who are we going to go out to dinner with next week? Uh, that was, um, those, well, those truly were a days of absolute material abundance. I don't think the world's ever seen such material abundance in its history before. Concentrated in one country that was producing so much. It was just a, it, it's phenomenal uh, feat of technology. But returning now to something that's phenomenal in a bad way, I, I have to know. So you're saying this, the impetus from this was not inevitable. This hate no. that will burn together, which is a chilling phrase if you think about it. it it's really fatalistic. and just I've never heard yes. a protester using that particular phrase before. Peace, land, and bread. Yes, I've heard that. Liberty, equality, yeah. fraternity. Yeah. Yes, I've heard that. Now, compare yes. that with what we're hearing now. We will burn together. This doesn't bode well. Um, yeah, nothing. <laughs> there haven't been any, any positive signs, any good augers. Uh, uh, since this whole thing started, it's a, it's a, I please pardon the language, but it, but it's a shit show. I, I don't know what else to describe it as. How are you keeping abreast of these events, and how fast is it developing right now? Uh, like, what were the, what would you say are the increments of escalation? Hey, going on? hey, can you, hey, can you hold on a moment? I hear some noises. Sure. Well, Yes. This will be my last message. I'm being arrested. Oh, Jesus. No, no, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I thought maybe a little levity might be in order. I, I suppose in a movie that would be funny, but I mean, I didn't know if it was true or not. <laughs> no, um, ultimately, you know, what you're dealing with is a, a social movement uh, that's it's just morphed and I think may continue to morph unpredictably. <laughs> Yo 
出去公寓，拥挤的大楼里，对陌生人都来自外地。他妈的，写着绿绿，怀抱着多少憧憬。晚饭在九三零号公路内心盘着奇迹。不听也不想，不敢回头望的遗憾。扛下了梦想，要毅然决然去流浪。写下了自尊，光环过去的风光。就算再不堪百丈，也不敢投降。在这个南方，眺望最美丽的家乡，也四处遥望，梦境倒映着的幻想。雾霾的残光。What are the increments of these escalations? Is it like by the hour, by the day, by the by the night? Well, it had been, yeah, it had been restricted to weekends. Um, Friday, Friday night would come and that, and it would start up and it would go through the weekends. But then most people, you know, had to get to work or to school, so that subsided. You know, come Monday morning, and then just this last week, it spilled over into the weekday. And that quickly erupted all over the island and all over the new territory. Where is the violence spread to right now? Considering Highland, uh, Hong Kong has three principal parts: Hong Kong Island, uh, that was the yeah. new territories, and then and uh, Kowloon. And Kowloon. Yes, right. And you have to you have to understand that 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 it, just to understand the geography a little bit. Hong Kong Island itself is uh, is an island. Uh, it's it's uh, connected by three tunnels and a ferry to um, the new territories, which is a section carved out of what is mainland China and uh, borders mainland China all all the way around, yeah. uh, uh, except on the coast, of course. In in that case, it borders water or yeah. what is known as the ocean. You know, uh, uh, it is, so being in the new territories or Kowloon, it's all sort of part of one of the. Okay, it's so all basically part it's part of the you same. Could, you could roughly divide it and say there's an island, and then there's a land-based part. The land-based part has the original land-based part, which is Kowloon, densely yeah. populated on a level that is totally unimaginable, totally unimaginable. Yeah. And then yeah. beyond yeah. that, you have the less you have the less unimaginably populated, but still quite densely populated new territories. Yeah, parts of the new territories, like the, the 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 parts of the new territories that are just right across the water from Hong Kong Island are the most densely populated, right along the coastline. Yeah, and th they're as densely populated as any other part of Hong Kong. I mean, incredibly <laughs> populated. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's just uh, uh, it is. It's a very very dense place. So in, in this uh, dense agglomeration of building and now possibly revolution, where is the violence spread to? It, it Originally, it was mostly, uh, like I said, the very peaceful and quite massive protests. Those were on Hong Kong Island. Yes. Now, it's through, now it's throughout Hong Kong Island and throughout the new territories, even reaching all the way to uh, the, little, the little part of uh, uh, Hong Kong where I work. Uh, kind of a more quiet spot with yes. some some industrial uh, uh, areas, manufacturing areas. Very nice spot. Yeah. I, I, I quite like it. And there's a lot of good expat centers and indeed many expats. So it's a nice part of town, all said and done. Have you seen have you seen people in black in your neighborhood? No. See, that's that's the thing that, that might be hard for people to understand is that I actually live in a, in a very rural place. Uh, just comparatively rural. 
comparatively rural. Rural by Hong oh. Kong standards. Okay, that's, yeah. I suppose, rural by Hong Kong standards. At any rate, I live in a village, and there are housing, there are building code regulations that prevent buildings over three stories. So uh, it, it's, it, it's a very tranquil place, though, I'll tell you. Just where I live, there's an enormous manicured butterfly garden. It's beautiful. Uh, there's a, there's a small stream that runs by our house. Mm. Uh, someone in the village keeps goats and they come out and they eat the vegetation during the day and then they get pinned up at night <laughs> and, uh, no, it's, it's bucolic almost. Yes. So you, in your area, you haven't seen them yet. Uh, now, are they, are they spreading as we speak? Are the, are the black clad revolutionaries or whatever they are, are the black clad protesters now moving beyond the actual island. And where's their, where would you say is their nexus? Where's their core? See that's, the, see, that's the point. And that's been one of the defining features of this whole experience, which, which is it's a leaderless enterprise. And it's also- really? Do you buy that? Yes. Do you truly think it is I do. I, I, I do in part. I do in part, although I would, although I would speak more about it about that particularly, but um, not, not just leaderless, but also without location. So if this movement has no location and no leader, what unites it? How is it coordinating itself? Well, okay, so that's what I wanted to speak further about. There are a number of social media apps and messaging apps that are apparently, or, or so I've been led to believe, are impenetrable. Sort of networks of people communicate, as I understand it, I've never seen any of these communications or been sent any or ever been part of any network. But of course, as I, as it's been reported and as I understand, that's the mode of communication and it's very effective in alerting these huge chains of, of, of recipients of these messages to certain locations in a sort of a kind of a flash mob almost kind of way where it, it sort of just sort of generates out of nowhere. It coalesces. It coalesces. Now, I wouldn't ever ask you to judge the government. It, that's, that's not something we do here. But looking at these protesters, I have a question for you. Do you think mm -hmm. that what they're doing now at this point is uh, merited, or are they, as you point out, being fueled by social media egalitarianism with a large dose of rumor mill? Are they just cited mobs with no purpose, or are they truly, do you think, striving for anything or if they at this point this should become like an echo chamber and frightening like a great fear uh, there are elements of that there is there is a uh, fear now all throughout society at all levels of society i think but but as to uh what what the goal is i mean that's a that's the real question and for that it's really nebulous and i think that's ultimately Besides, besides the uh, the kind of Don Quixote kind of uh, you know enterprise that the whole thing is, that it, that that in itself is the internal flaw that that will prevent them from progress. They have no clear objective or goal. Well, and so, does, doesn't a revolution need a goal? And you, you only can negotiate people with people who have goals. How do you, you cannot negotiate people who don't have a goal, can you? You cannot. I don't, I, I, see, I don't, I don't think there's an interest in negotiation on either side. Really? On either side? On the side? On of either the, side. Are they insane? Yeah, 
What are, what, I it's, mean, what, it's, it's, now, now see, now see, you use that word, you use that word insane, but the better word is uh, 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 overtaken by despair. You see, um, when you when you face an enemy who has nothing to lose, it's very frightening. Uh, it's it can be very difficult to understand the swell of emotion and the quality of it and, and well, the intensity of it. You know, see people on a day-to-day basis and hear things and talk to colleagues and see what the young people are talking about and doing. You see, how can you tell a per- how can you see a person? He's wearing uh, ear pods or whatever they're called, um, new yeah. smartphone, trendy clothes, all the brand names. How can you see that person is desperate? By any standard of history, they wouldn't be desperate. They're, they have food in their belly. They have nice clothes. They have a you know fairly nice living accommodations, at least that are clean and modern. How could you say that because they're desperate? Because because they see two things. One, they see that they live. Uh, in an in in a, a a region, an area the size of a postage stamp, that the people more and more people are coming every day, especially from mainland, and that the the concomitant lack of resources and lack of housing, in particular, means that, and also the absolute mad, ferocious, uh, competitive uh, nature of the Hong Kong education system means that there are fewer and fewer uh, brass rings to snatch. And so even for, uh, well, I'll I'll tell you. Isn't that ambition rather than despair? Isn't that ambition? No, it's not. No, it's, no, I tell you it's not. I tell you it's not. The feeling of despair is real because it's coupled that economic anxiety and despair is coupled with a despair about culture, loss of cultural identity and loss of personal freedom. It's the knowledge that at a certain point, it, it, it is certain that, the, that the, the, this territory will no longer enjoy the one, government, one country, two systems. This might be a very interesting ramification of the actual turnover of Hong Kong to the Chinese, because if there's never been a country in the world that said, you're not going to be independent in 10 more years, that's always, it always happens in one fell swoop. They're either deprived of their independence or they gain independence, but it's done. You know, it's either something to look forward to or look, or something to look back fondly about or look back with hate about. There's never been someone that said, you're going to be free, but we're going to keep this nebulous state hanging over you, like the sword of Damocles or not. And we'll just yes. happen. Yeah, and as that day approaches, um, the what is people get more uh, twenty forty seven, mm. and oh. and as and as yeah, and so it's so it's in their lifetimes, right? They see this, and they know they okay. So you have to understand that one of the one of the great differences between Hong Kong and mainland is a pretty much totally unrestricted access to media, and so the people of Hong Kong know what's in store or have an idea what's in store for them once the handover has been completed, so to speak, and they don't relish it. So maybe in the midst of all these volatile elements, but Keeley, as you point out, uh, it's worth mentioning, not a nationalistic independence element. It's it's the idea of losing independence, like, and I don't know a lot about the psychology, but I'll venture to say that perhaps in the mind of the average Hong Konger, they're not going to be losing their national region independence 
more of their, it's a period they're going to lose certain personal freedoms because they lucked out by being at a certain exclusionary group. Right. They don't, they don't want to live under that system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who would, I mean, what, what I, what, what I think is, um, is most, uh, here's, here's what I think I, in a, in a nutshell, in the next 48 to 72 hours, yes, it will become clearer, much clearer than it is now. What, what's going to unfold? What do you suspect right now? We're speaking on, um, we're speaking very late night at you. Thank you for taking this call. Um, It's about, right now it's 10 in the morning on Monday, November 18th. Yes. What do you expect? What do you, based on what you've seen so far, if you had to make a Mm -hmm. dispassionate, objective guess, what would you say is coming down the pipe or coming down the concrete alley? Well, if, if, if the Hong Kong government is uh, wise, and I hope they will be, they'll find a way to pacify things, although it may already be, on, be beyond that point. Um, so if they could do that successfully in the next day or two. How could that be and, done? Well, by, uh, first of all, by meeting one of the what I consider to be one of the more reasonable demands, which is to open um, uh, an official inquiry into police excesses. If that doesn't happen, then the the biggest fear, of course, is that patient, it seems the patience is wearing thin, the central government's patience is wearing thin. And they've been signaling that through different channels. And so what I think is that we probably have 48 to 72 more hours for this level of unrest to continue, which you have to understand now is at a fever pitch, for this level to continue. Now, if, if local authorities are able to quell these things and bring some normalcy back to the city, you know, maybe. But if, these con- but if it either continues at the current intensity or if, it, or if you know, the next time the sun comes up, uh, it pops up again all over Hong Kong. Then I would say within within three days, uh, there will be a step in of some sort. Is it? Is it? Do you think if they there was no step in at this point? Are you speaking about like a like a military intervention? No, sort of. I, I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about the those who are garrisoned within the city currently oh. being being either one because I don't think they would ever act independently, but either one summoned uh, uh, by the local government or directed by the central government. Something like a curfew being issued or something. That, that was a rumor about three days ago. Um, which a ru- was, one of these rumors that just fly around, huh? And it gets, it gets started very quickly. And what happens is, I'll tell you how that rumor started. It started with a quote by a state newspaper in mainland from a local someone who said that that was part of the considerations. That instantly flew like fire through the through the net, and the statement was clarified. Right? Thank goodness for clarification. Yeah. Well, you know, anyway. this is why it's, this is so fascinating because this is Hong Kong is not some. I don't want to say. When we think of revolutions nowadays, at least in the modern time, we think of some, you know, tin pot dictatorship, military dictator with an outrageous uniform, a lion hat, 30 feet high, who's two feet tall. Um, and he's being overthrown by a mob of, you know, 
take your pick, whatever, in the Third Republic is standard. But in, see, Hong Kong is, is analogous to America's uh, experience, or at least their, their finances. If this can happen in Hong Kong, happen anywhere. Well, Hong Kong is special, though, and it's, and it's important to remember the ways in which it's special. I mean, it, it, they're kind of countless. So I think what unites us is, is far greater than what separates us. Yes, they have an individual culture that's extremely complicated, and how it fits in with the other extremely complicated mainland culture is it's not easy to do. But other than that, these are people who are very mild-mannered. I would say by far less violent than any American I've ever met. I mean, these people, it takes a lot to stir them up. It, whereas Americans would, you know, become violent at the drop of a hat. And I'm speaking from my own experience, and those are good anecdotes. And so, right. I, I mean, if these people can turn into this and become, now there is a fatalistic element in Asian culture, but I, that, you know, that doesn't really affect it. If they could, if they could go this route, I, I mean, floor's open. Well... I, I think it's maybe not a perfect analogy or a comparison, but um, but but I, I do agree with you that the speed and the intensity were uh, surprising. Surprising. What do you think the next forty-eight hours is going to reveal? Are the peace? Are the streets going to be peaceful, or is there going to be continued violence? Do you think? If you had, well, to, if you had, if you were a betting man, and I flipped a coin, and I said, "Better or worse in forty-eight hours?" What are you going to say? I'd say things will be better. I'd say that, well, depending on the successful conclusion of the events at the Polytechnic University, if 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 that goes well, and people are able to disperse, there yes. were some negotiations earlier with a past LegCo chair chairman who was trying to negotiate safe passage for the remaining students out of the university. But um, there's a lot of wrangling with police who want to arrest all of them. So is that the bellwether then, this event at the university? I mean, if it goes well, if it goes well, then maybe things could Yeah, I think if it goes well, you could see another one of these lulls. But um, the general impetus is there, and I can't imagine that the government won't do something further in the next, you know, day or two that will exacerbate the problem, which is just something they've been prone to do over and over again. And so, uh, and you can chalk that up to either their mismanagement or people's oversensitivity, or maybe both. But um, is there mismanagement going on? I mean, is by the government, do you think? Yeah, I think that. Uh, I, I Who's, think that who, like you? Sometimes when you see a sports game, you can feel one team has the it. He's got the impetus, got the power. Who's got it in Hong Kong right now? Who's who's serving the ball? Oh, uh, it's uh, look. The the power is always in the hand of the government. That's that's not uh, that's not under question. It's just it's just at what point. Do you pass non-lethal projectiles and go to live fire? Yes. And that's and that's the I think that's the crucial point. What what do you think they're asking themselves? The the powers that be and the powers that want to be. The the powers that be, uh, the, the the local the local government. You always have to make the distinction between the local government and the central government. The local the local government is trying to please two masters and it cannot. Yes. 
and and it's frantically trying to find a way to put this down by themselves before you know dad has to come in and and take off his belt because 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 if that happens all all the kids are going to scatter and that belt is going to swing out i think with maybe less than perfect discretion well, if dad takes off his belt, maybe the other kids he doesn't tell the main family about could get angry too. And Ibris that. But a government using incredible lethal force, when a government decides to commit to a policy of lethal force to enforce it, it's never a foregone conclusion that a policy of lethal force won't result in an increase of violence. Yeah. And, and with the current sentiment and looking at what, looking at what the response has been to various actions of the government, it, 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 I think it speaks to a pretty grim prognosis. If there is a, an escalation beyond what's happened. Oh, boy. Well, I, I know it's late there, and I'm sure you've got a million things in mind. Uh, please give your beloved my best. And I, I want you, Thanks, I if, when you get a chance, um, come back and talk with us some more. We'll, we'll definitely be able to draw a larger conclusion. And I hope we'll be able to uh, have a good night and take care of yourself. And may God bless and keep you. And uh, we'll be I'll, I'll try to. And let's extend that sentiment to Hong Kong as well. Hey, Amen. You're right. Take care. I'll talk to you soon next time. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Gloria